welcome today to hashtag no limits. I appreciate you hanging with me. Uh, we had a little bit of computer complications. Um, I've been finding that a little bit lately, so I'm, I'm gonna have to contact my platform that I've been using. Um, so again, thank you for joining us on hashtag no limits. I'm your host, Shelly Kino. Hashtag no limits is about people that society puts limits on, but who have busted through those limits. Ophelia said in Hamlet, we know who we are, but not who we will be. And I believe this to be true and that there is no better example of that than the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. I mean, who thought watching this little creepy crawly creature that it would turn into this majestic butterfly, but somebody did, somebody watched and somebody paid attention. And they found out that the caterpillar literally dissolves and its cells reform into a butterfly. As the butterfly emerges from the cocoon, it has to struggle in order for its wings to be strong enough to fly. Obviously, this is no easy process, but I think most people who, who join in know that struggles are part of life and they tend to make us stronger. If we have a support system in place, we can get through our struggles even better. And that brings me to my guest today. I recently learned about Brian. I've been told he is a champion for inclusion and has been an integral part of many support systems during his tenure as a teacher and coach for football and track. He is inclusive in a variety of ways and I am excited for him to share his story today. Welcome, Brian, and thank you for joining me today on Hashtag No Limits. Please tell us more about your family and yourself. Oh, thanks, Shelly. I appreciate being on here. It's an absolute privilege. Um, I really just enjoyed this process so far, getting to know you and, and what you're all about and what you're trying to do. So uh, I really do appreciate it. This is a pretty neat uh, concept to be a part of. But uh, yeah, my name is Brian Short. Um, I live in Albers, Illinois with my wife, Kara. Um, we've been uh, married for 12 years and been dating since 2001. Um, I, we've got three children. We've got Ava Grace, who's seven, Aiden, who's four, and Macklin, who's uh, two. So um, with being a coach and a, and a dad with three kids, a uh, pretty busy guy, but, um, but uh, you know, been truly blessed so far in my life. And, and I'm, I'm extremely happy with where I'm at with everything in my life. And even in tough times like this, it's, uh, it's very easy for me to see that I'm a pretty blessed guy. So um, what kinds of things brought you to the point in your life to make you such an inclusive person that you try not to turn anybody away from from my understanding of our conversation uh there's there's two real big influences i've had with that and um you know the, the first one's my mom um and the second one's my high school basketball coach but uh my mom um is just a, a really special person and um she uh she's she's believes in people you know, bottom line, she just uh, she sees the good in every everybody and everything. Um, yeah, I don't think it's an accident that she reveals her faith a lot. She's, she has very strong faith um, and, and raised us to be the same way. But, uh, you know, my mom, almost to a fault, sees the good in people and uh, she never turns her back on anybody. And uh, in every scenario, she tries to to try to just to see good. Like I said, I know I'm kind of being repetitive there, but um and 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 to be able to be raised, you know, with a mom like that, who no matter how bad you mess up, uh, no matter what you do wrong, that she still gives you a second chance and and sees things through with you. It's it's pretty important. Um, it's a pretty important aspect of believing in people and just giving people chances. And so what about your high school coach? 
Uh, my high school basketball coach, um, I played three sports in high school. I was very blessed to be in a family where, where sports were a big part of things. Um, you know, my dad was my brother's coach for a long time, and he was my coach. Um, so I, I saw a lot of good in sports, and we were involved in a lot of things. But uh, I, I played baseball, football, and basketball, and by far my weakest sport was basketball. And, and I knew that. And uh, my dad always told me that I was the, the – <laughs> the best basketball player that should have wrestled that he ever saw. Uh, (laughs) That's a pretty creative way to describe me. He's basically saying I wasn't good enough to play basketball. Um, But uh, my high school basketball coach, my sophomore year, um, I was trying to earn a varsity position. And he just kept talking about finding a player that if you just listen, if you'll listen and, and put yourself in the spots where I ask you to be, you'll find a way to play. And I knew I wasn't the best shooter. I was just kind of a hardworking kid. And, and I just kept listening to him. And, you know, everything he said at practice, I'd hang on every word. And if he said be in this spot on this play, then I'd put myself on that spot in that play. And uh, probably about seven or eight games in the season, I became a starter. And I started for the next two and a half years. So I just – I really thought, you know, if this guy, you know, if he says, you know, he'll give you a shot if you just do the right things, regardless of your skill level – uh, he'll do it. And, and I guess I was skilled enough in that department where I found myself a role on the team. And, uh, you know, that's what I've always just tried doing. I've tried to find a giveaway to give people roles and, and through my coaching career, it's just, it seems like it's a pretty easy thing to do. If, if you, if you look for what people can provide and what people can do, um, something I've learned here lately in the last year or so by some of the reading I've done over all this free time with COVID is that, you know, don't look at what kids can't do, look at what they can do and try to try to use that any way you possibly can. Don't look for limitations, find what they can do. Cause we all have limitations, they're everywhere. Um, but there's a lot of good things that people can do too. So um, those things are, have been pretty important to me so far. Well, that's wonderful. And, and on this show, most of my guests, in fact, I think you're the first guest who has not had their own disability or had a loved one with a disability. You are truly the first cheerleader and champion for those who are have different abilities. And what you just said that find what the kids can do and focus on what they can do instead of all the things that all of us are going through right now with the limitations of remote learning and the limitations of lockdowns and shelter in place and, and whatever you wanna call this, this situation that we're in. Um, that is, that's just beautiful because it would be very easy to just say, it's too hard. We can't do this. That this kid can't. That kid can't. That kid can't. And uh, I, I, I'm going to segue just for a second. Um, I hadn't planned on this when when we talked the other day, but uh, what you just said leads right into my book. Um, I, I released a book last week, and the title of the book is, and it, it's it's just out of arm's reach. <laughs> um, the title of the book is "Those Who Can't Teach." And it's nine stories of families that either the the family member with the unique learning differences or the family themselves were told, you can't, you can't read, you can't have fun, you can't enjoy life, you can't behave that way, whatever it is. And through my getting to know these families in in various ways, some were students, some were just people that I've met along the way. They taught me so many things of the things that they can do. Um, and so I wanted to share those stories with the world. And, and for you to say that was just beautiful to find what they can do. Um, so you shared with me a pretty pivotal moment 
in your life that really you told me stuck with you? Um, and that was the day before, I think you said your fifth grade year. Yeah. Um, it was the summer of 1993. Um, and if anybody's familiar with Illinois, uh, that was a big summer for a flood, a flood of 93. And uh, my house was not lost to the flood, but it was surrounded by the floodwaters where it made life pretty tough for us. Uh, my mom had to boat my dad out every morning um, and, and trips that would take us to the local town, local grocery store that used to be 10 or 15 minutes was now 40, 45 minutes. Um, and uh, the, the, the first person or the first vehicle that came through the floodwater in, in late August was a delivery truck that was delivering my mom's new furniture. Um, and uh, the delivery truck came and showed up and unloaded everything. And uh, it's pretty, it's pretty neat stuff. We didn't have a lot of new furniture back in the day. So, um, but th that night we were going to a pool party in, uh, in Carrollton and um, it was my grandpa's pool party. And um, we were having a great time, you know, jumping off the diving board, whole family was there, things like that. It was pretty good stuff. And uh, all of a sudden I, I jumped off the diving board, came up out of the water and uh, I saw my dad being pretty frantic. And he was trying to round everybody up. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on. And I was kind of getting scared because, I, you know, I didn't I've never really seen him act that way before. And uh, I heard somebody say, Wayne just said their house is on fire. Um, so so they round us all up and, and, and get us in the van and, and take off towards home, which home normally would have been 25, 30 minutes away. Well, now it's about 45 or 50 minutes away. So. Um, you know, we're, we're driving home and, you know, this is before cell phones or anything like that. So we have no idea, you know, are we talking about a small fire or, you know, anything like that. And, um, when we came down, down a hill before we got to our land, we could just see the, the huge smoke, um, uh, coming up over the hill. And at that point as even being a 10 year old, I knew, you know, I knew this wasn't going to be good. And we, we came over the hill and as we came over the hill, we got, we pulled the driveway just in time to see the last, uh, last wall of our house fall in. And, um, I don't remember a lot after that, really. I remember uh, being in the vehicle and in, in the minivan with my, with my mom and dad, my brother and sisters, as we were going to stay the night at our grandma's house. And, um, you know, like I told you and couldn't tell earlier, I'm a pretty big mama's boy. So um, I was sitting in between the two bucket seats and I was sitting there holding my mom's hand. And um, I, I, I felt her react very uh, uncommon. And she reached down frantically and grabbed her left hand and um, I, I saw her reaching for her you know, her ring finger and there was nothing on her, her ring finger. And what my mom was figuring out was the night before when she was uh, taking some green beans out of the microwave, reheating them, um, she had burnt her ring finger and she took her wedding ring off and, uh, and set it on top of the microwave. So what she was realizing is that her, her wedding ring was lost in the fire. And, um, you know, if you think about what I told you earlier, her new furniture was delivered that day. Um, it was the first day we drove through the water. Um, she was realizing that the the first house her and my dad ever bought together was gone. Um, and now her wedding ring's gone too. So this is this is by far the worst day that my mom ever had in her life. Right. And um, I just I just looked up at her and I was, you know, I, I didn't know. I was just total shock. And I just said, Mom, are you okay? And, um, you know, she just, I'll never forget this because it was her worst day of her life. And she just gathered herself. And uh, she took a big, deep breath and she said, you know, your grandma always says there's a there's a silver lining to every cloud. And uh, she said, Brian, I want you to know that as bad as this day is after everything that we've lost, she said, uh, the five most important things are with me in this van right now, uh, referencing her family. And, um, you know, to me, I just thought if, if that's, you know, as, as bad as a day as it was, if, if my mom in that moment could 
could gather herself and find belief and faith and things and people and, and, and life. And she just said, she says, bad days today was, we're going to be okay. You know, tomorrow we're going to be okay. She's like, you're going to go to school tomorrow and you're going to be, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do and we're going to get through this. And, um, you know, from that moment on, I've just, you know, it's just a compound of what I told you earlier about my mom. She just believes in things and believes in people. And, um, so I just, I've always tried to see that. I've always tried to do that. I've always tried to believe in people and, and understand that the situations in life can always be worse and that no matter what we're going through, there's people that have got it rougher than you. Uh, but just because as bad as that day was, it could have been a million times better. And, um, you know, I, I look now and so many things of my life have come specifically from that day. You know, our house burning down uh, totally changed the trajectory of our family. Um and at 10, I didn't know that, you know, but it's one of those things we're looking back now. There's so many positions I'm in right now. Um, kind of the ironic thing was we moved to Carrollton after that. We couldn't find a we couldn't find a house in the school district we were in. And Carrollton was where the pool party was. So it's just kind of ironic how that all worked together. But, um, you know, that's where I met my wife. Um, that's where I had multiple coaches that went to Illinois College, which is where I ended up going. And uh, it's also where... Uh, our basketball teams played Bree Central basketball teams twice in the postseason. So when I came to interview for the job at Bree Central, I had a history of of this area. So, you know, at, at the moment, it's not it was terrible. I mean, and and, and I remember the summer knowing that I was going to move was terrible. Um, right. But to be able to look back now and see big picture and understand that I'm right exactly where God put me. Um, you know, it's a pretty good feeling. It, it really is. Yeah. So some of the players that you have had on your team. Um, both within football and within track, have had unique learning challenges or um, even some physical challenges. Uh, you shared with me about a player who had a traumatic brain injury at birth and his uh, right side, I think it is, that um, was damaged the most. And um, he went out for football as a freshman. Can you tell me a little bit about that, that young man and that story? Uh, yeah, um, you know, this young man's mom and dad approached me and kind of let me know the scenario and the situation. And they just they just asked for an opportunity. And, you know, to me, um, one of the great things about football is there's 11 players that can play. There's offense, defense and there's special teams. So you have an opportunity to give 33 people a chance to play the game. And, um, you know, I told him straight up, I'm like, yeah, I have no problem with him coming out for football because growing up playing football, being around it from the time I was in seventh grade all the way through being you know a senior in college i've just learned so much from the game and and i've always told myself that i would never i'm never going to rob anybody the opportunity to come out and play um you know with that being said there's circumstances and situations where you know you know nothing's given to you you're going to come out and you're going to earn stuff and and but i said though if he comes out and does what he's supposed to do if he shows up every day and he's a part of this team i said at some point we're going to find an opportunity for him to be on the football field and um you know, through through his, uh, you know, freshman, sophomore and junior year, we were able to find time to let him, you know, kick off and kick uh, extra points for the JV and freshman team. But, um, you know, he never really got an opportunity at the varsity level until his senior year. And, um, you know, obviously we, we cared a lot about this young man. We cared about the time that he put in. So we were trying to pinpoint games and things like that where we could find a way to get him in. And, uh, you know, it so happened that it was, uh, I believe, our fourth game of the year. Um, we were we were playing a team and we just decided, hey, the, the first touchdown that we make, you know, this young man's going to go in and kick. We're going to let him kick the extra point. And, uh, you know, he went in and, and the first attempt he had, he kicked the extra point and went right down the middle. And uh, 
you know, it was one of the best, it was one of the best moments as a coach that I've ever had because, you know, the kid struggled, you know, he struggled and, and, and his talent was limited and, and he, he, he struggled kicking extra points and, um, but he was there every day and he showed up and he was a part of a team and uh, he understood that. And he knew, I mean, his, his rules were the same as anybody else's. And we told him that, and uh, you know, he followed those rules and showed up every day and, and put the work in and we were able to find an opportunity for him. And, and, you know, the most comical thing is it was, it was very majestic. The, the first kick was unbelievable. The interaction I had with him, we jumped up and bumped shoulders and, you know, he was flying high, high-fiving everybody. I mean, it, you couldn't have asked for a better, a better situation, but the kind of realistic and funny part was, is he missed the next four or five extra points that he got to kick. Um, but that was okay too, because it's not all rainbows and butterflies, you know, right. I mean, there's, there's, like you said, there's hardships that make us better. Um, but for that moment, for him to go in and for that first kick and snap to be perfect and him to put it right through the middle. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's one of the best moments of my life. And, and really, to be honest with you, that's not even my fondest moment of this young man. Um, you know, as a senior, we give all of our, our, uh, seniors the opportunity to speak at our team meal about what being a central football player means to them or what being a member of the central football family means to them. And, um, you never know ever <laughs> what you're going to get when you're allowing <laughs> 17 or 18 boy, a live, a live atmosphere to speak and a platform to talk. And, uh, you know, you hope to God that, uh, you know, that they repeat some of the things they've heard for the last four years and they pick up on some of the things that you drive home. And, and one of the big things we talk about with central is just being a family it is understanding that, you know, with a family, we're going to be here for you. We've always got your back. You may not like everybody in your family, but you're going to love them. And, and you're going to represent them and understand that it's all a unit and that no matter, you know, how far you get away from your family, you can always turn back around and come home to your family. And, um, you know, during, during this young man's high school career, we had some tough situations. He had a, he had a teammate that passed away and, and things like that. And, uh, so when this young man's turn to speak came up, you know, I, I had no idea what this was going to be like, you know, I had no idea because he's a pretty funny guy and he, you know, he, he says some off the cuff things sometimes. And, uh, but he got up there and if I would have wrote a script for a young man to, um, for a young man to talk about what he's been taught, it would have been exactly what he said. Um, it was perfect. Um, he discussed, um, his teammate that they lost. He discussed that he realized that sometimes he could be a knucklehead and, and be hard for people, um, to like him and stuff like that. I mean, he was just so open and honest and it was dead on, uh, it was dead on and it was so great. And I mean, as bad as I'm tearing up now, I was, uh, you know, I had uncontrollable tears when he was reading it off. And, um, when, when we got a chance to honor him at our banquet, I made sure that he knew what I felt about him and, and what I thought about him and his speech and, and the four years that he'd put in and how important he was to our program and how people like him that may not be the best or the most athletic or the most gifted that, you know, they're what makes a team a team and they're what makes a family a family. And um, I'm very proud of that young man and all the stuff that he did to get through our program and 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 very proud to meet him and and, and go through just getting to know him and with the changes that he made in me. I mean, just, uh, you know, I, I never thought about not giving him a chance, but I look at if I wouldn't have, you know, those moments that were so special of getting robbed, um, you know, that just, that would have been a travesty. It would have been an absolute travesty. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that you were changed as well, um, because that's another, sorry to go back to my book, but that's, you know, that's, that's kind of my story as well, but it's, um, 
I feel like anyone who takes the opportunity, and it truly is an opportunity to get to know someone who is different than you in whatever way, um, that that you you miss out on that opportunity if you don't take that time to get to know somebody because they have a disability or they have a different skin color or they come from a different part of the world or um, you know whatever it is. We everybody is human. And, and having that opportunity to um, get to know people and have your own cognitive biases that you don't even realize you have challenged and ch- hopefully changed for the better. Um, that's the, the song from Wicked always comes to mind, you know, that um, because I knew you, I've been changed for the better. And that, that's been my story since um, I started in, in special education I, every year. Um, I met some new student or new family or some incident happened and that changed me. Um, And I'm, I'm forever grateful for those opportunities. Now you also told me about this particular young man that he had been on the baseball team as well. Um, But when he became a junior, he didn't make the baseball team. So rather than just quit, what did he do? He uh, came right to our track coach, our head track coach. (laughs) And he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going out for track. And, uh, you know, it was a situation where our track coach was real honest with him. He's like, hey, you know, obviously you're not very fast, but um, if you show up every day and do the long distance workouts, then then you've got a spot on this team. And, uh, you know, it didn't surprise me at all because for as much as this young man's been through, he's got a little bit of swagger to himself and some bravado where he's got confidence. And it's and it, it is fun being around him because he, he does joke and you're able to do that with him. And uh, But he's like, yeah, I'll run. I'll, I'll do that. You know, and, and he went out and ran and, and we were able to put him in some meets and things like that. And he ran and you know, again, it just, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what anybody does. If you show up and do the work that people ask you to do, there's going to be a spot for you. There's going to be success met somehow. Um, if you focus on what you're supposed to focus on, I mean, it's there. The the ability to improve and be better and make others better is always there if you're willing to show up and do the work. And this young man never had an issue with that ever. So, um, you know, again, when, when talking to you, I, you know, to me, it wasn't even an option of not giving the opportunity as long as they were there willing to show up and do the work and don't expect anything special. And they didn't. And that was the best part of it. You know, they, they, they wanted to be treated the same way and, and we did, and it worked out fantastically. So, yeah. Yeah. He, um, from my understanding, he chose not the shortest race, but <laughs> the longest race possible. The, yeah, he, he, ran mile. the he ran the two mile a few times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But again, You'd ask some other kids, hey, you're going to run the two mile. No, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to do that. So, right. you know, he was willing and, to do anything. So. Yeah. And from our discussion, um, if I recall correctly, he really, I mean, of course, he would have loved to come in first or, or second or third, but he never did. No. But he kept every time there was a meet, he was out there. He was doing it and he just did it because he could. And because he wanted to better himself or be the best version of himself. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. And see, and then that's the, that's the wonderful thing about track is you're always competing against others, but you're always competing against yourself. I mean, you've always got the ability to go out and run your personal record, which is called a PR. You know, we talk about a PR every day, you know, go out and be your best every day. And uh, regardless of your abilities, that's always something you can fall back on. I mean, I mean, we have some kids that are not very good and we have some kids that are really good, but when you can go out every day, and be evaluated every day and, and try to beat that, whether it's, you know, the battle against ourselves is the biggest thing ever anyway. 
Right. Um, you know, we're not going to be running races against others for the rest of our lives. We're not going to be playing football games against people for the rest of our lives. We're going to be battling ourselves. Um, so for people to be able to show up every day, like I said, and put the work in trying to, like you said, be the best version of themselves, then, then why would you ever take that opportunity away? Right. Absolutely. I, I so appreciate that. Um, so I want to move on to another student that you had um, who is playing college football at this point in his life that you were telling me about. So tell me about that young man. Uh, you know, for, for me, I never knew he had limitations, to be honest with you. You know, I never they never affected our relationship or even in, you know, teaching or anything like that, because this guy just showed up every day early, um, stay late and, and he would work his tail off. And, um, you know, eventually those those abilities shine through in a tremendous way. Um, you know, the young man we're referencing is probably one of the best football players that I've ever coached at Central. Um, he, I, as far as I know, in my, in my era, he's probably the most successful college football player we've had as far as the level he's playing at and the, and the role he has on his college football team. And he was just a beautiful combination of the hardest working kid also being one of the most talented. And uh, anytime you ever get to have that combination, you're going to get to witness some special things. And with this young man, we did, um, you know, he was able to, to win us our biggest game against our biggest rival. Um, you know, and, and played his best game that probably he'd ever had and maybe anybody in the history of the Milk Bowl had ever had at that point. Um, and, and it wasn't an accident because he just – he groomed himself for that stuff. He, he hung on every word his coaches said. He was extremely coachable. Um, he wasn't soft. I mean, if you had to get on him, you could. And uh, he responded. And, um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a phenomenal human being. Um, he and his girlfriend sometimes still babysit my kids. Uh, but when I see him, it's a – it's a hug and, a, you know, I mean, it's a it's a tremendous relationship to have. And that's, uh, you know, I think we're going to get to this a little bit later, but it's something that I just, you know, I take so much pride in it with going back to the central football family is talking about extending those relationships and having those relationships later on in life with your players. Because, you know, what I always tell them is that, you know, as much as they feel like I've done for them, they've done so much more for me. And I'm always telling them, you know, that I'm forever indebted to them. And, uh, you know, I feel that way. And, you know, watching these guys, it's, it's not about how good of a football player or track athlete they can be. It's about how good of a young man they can be, how good of a father they can be. Um, you know, a, a brother, a son, a friend, you know, those are the things that you really, you know, that's, you know, you hope to win games, but those are the things you want to make an impact on. And, um, you know, if people ever watch you, you know, ask you how good of a team you're going to have or how good your boys are going to be this year, it's an answer that shouldn't be answered right then. It should be answered 15, 20 years later when you find out what they're going to be like as a man. So, yeah, and I've done some some background, re, what do you call it, um, reconnaissance on you, trying to to learn a little bit more about you. And I have found that that um, people that I have spoken to truly feel like your football team is a family and that you and the whole team are uh, people that they can rely on when times are great. And when times are tough, um, even if they haven't spoken in a while, you know, it's, hey, I need my football team. I'm going through this or, hey, you know, this great thing happened and I want to share it with my football family. Um, you all have dinners during the season, what, once a week? Yeah, and, we have team meals every Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's another a bonding opportunity for all the guys. And what I have heard from some of the parents of the members that you have coached is that you do it, it's very obvious and very appreciated by these families that you are 
not so worried about the W and how many W's and how many L's, but how many characters, good, strong men, you come and, and you have the opportunity to teach. That's, that's more, it seems like your goal. Uh, or may, maybe not more, but it's as equal to. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And it's, a, and it's a part of it. I mean, if, you, if you've got kids that can, you know, the fall in line with those things that we try to present them with, you're going to win. I mean, that, that's, you know, you're going to win more than you're going to lose. And uh, but to me, you know, football is such a mentally tough sport that you have to develop those types of values and standards in people. Um, because I'll tell you right now, that's there's times where the toughness I needed came directly from this sport and directly from my former coaches, you know, in life to get through things. Um, and that's what we try to, we, we do, we try to push that. And, it, and it's such a, a, a big part of it. And that kind of goes back to my high school basketball coach that, you know, I told you about earlier too, because I got to be a, a volunteer coach under him. And uh, I knew the kind of relationship that we had, but I had not been around him and some of the older guys that he previously coached before I went to high school and uh, getting to see his interactions with them. And uh, like I said, you know, coming up and, it, you know, it wasn't a handshake and it was always a hug and how you doing. And it was, uh, you know, it was more like a family type thing. And I just I, at that moment, I said, that's that's what I want things to be like for me. And um, and, and it's not like, a, oh, I'm going to be your friend and not your coach. No, I you know, I, I, I have no problem getting on these guys and, and, and right. holding them accountable. Um, but I think that's probably what they appreciate the most. There might be times where they don't like me very much, but but I think later on when they become men, they're going to look back and say, well, I know what he was doing now. Um, right. And I, I understand that and I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough about the relationships I have and how much they mean to me with my former players. I mean, that, that means so much to me. Um, and, and, and the rewards for me have been overwhelming, way more than winning any football game or any trophy or anything like that would be. Um, now I'm not gonna lie. We'd like to win a lot more and we'd like to get some more trophies, but, uh, but no, there's no way. If you told me I could win five state championships, but sacrifice five relationships with my kids that I have now, I'd tell you, there's no way that I would ever do that. And I, I believe that based on the conversation that I've had with you, but also the conversations that I've had with, like I said, former players and, and their parents, um, that particular young man that we were just talking about also went into track. Yes. So yeah. he was, what was he, a running back for football? Or? Yeah, he's running back and linebacker for football, and he plays either linebacker or safety in college now. He kind of jumps all around. But um, but he was a very talented uh, sprinter and middle distance runner, uh, one, two, 400, has our 400 record here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he was a gifted kid. And, uh, you know, the thing was, though, it always wasn't like that. He struggled a little bit. He had some some leg issues in his freshman and sophomore year. I mean, he kind of – um, you know, from coaching his older brothers, we knew that he had talent in him and being around his family, we knew that, you know, that he had motivation and things like that. But uh, once he got his lower leg issues figured out and stuff, his junior year came on and he was uh, he was an extremely gifted young man. And, and it's definitely shined. And and the stuff that I told you about earlier, he thrives in all those areas, too. I mean, he's he's just morally sound and mm -hmm. cares about his family and people around him and wants to make everybody better just as much as he ever thought about making himself better. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So something that you you mentioned. Um, so the, the gentleman that we're talking about, he had a specific learning disability. So you said you didn't know that about him, um, whereas the first gentleman that we talked about, you know, it was obvious because he had some physical disabilities on that side. Um, but so we we've talked about a couple of kids that have special needs. Um, but something that you told me, and, and there's another student that I want to get to, but I want to 
sidetrack here. You talked about your student assistant coaches. Um, tell us, me a little bit more about your student assistant coaches because you mentioned that you were a volunteer coach for uh, your coach. So I'm guessing that's kind of where the idea came from. Well, it's just a situation where, um, you know, there's tons of moving parts for a football practice and there there's, you know, it's a big wide open field and area and uh, my wife will probably chuckle, but I'm not always the most organized guy. Either, so <laughs> um, I just needed more help. And, um, you know, it was a situation where, we weren't going to be able to probably get uh, an adult person probably to help us. So I just started looking in the hallways for kids that I had in class that I knew were accountable and that I knew were very good kids that I had a lot of respect for um, that necessarily weren't involved in anything. So I just started reaching out to them and saying, Hey, you know, here's, here, I have an opportunity for you um, to help us out with football. And I said, you're not going to be a manager. I said, you're going to be more than that. You're going to be a student assistant. I'm like, you're going to help me with my practice plans. You're going to help me set up for practice. You're going to help, uh, you know, get equipment out. You're going to help do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, and I even told them, like, the the rewards that you're going to get aren't going to be great. You know, you're going to be there just as much as the players, if not more. And I said, you're not going to get to play. So you're going to have an opportunity for – I'm going to give you a, probably a camp T-shirt and shorts every year, <laughs> polo for your games, and, and you're going to have to go to work. And um, – but, again, it goes back to just giving kids opportunities and seeing what they can do. Those Those student assistants that I have had, have been tremendous young men and they have been talented and gifted in, in so many different things. And they have helped our program out so much. And our, and our players have been great about including them. And when we tell them that like, these guys are a part of the team. And I said, if there's any, any messing around with them or any disrespect or anything like that, you know, it's not going to be good for you. And, and we've never really had any issues, but uh, you know, these guys have been some of the guys that when they get up and speak at that senior banquet or at that senior team meal, I let them get the same opportunity. Um, it's been some of the best speeches we've had because they are really doing it just to be out there and be a part of something, um, to be a part of something way bigger than themselves that they have to sacrifice a lot of time. Again, you know, you ask a kid to come out for a two and a half hour practice and he's just going to help you. You know, he's not going to practice at all, but he's going to be there. and He's going to be on time. And I'm the same way with them. You know, if they, if they're dogging it or if they're messing up, you know, I get on them just as much as I do a player. And, uh, you know, it, it's been an absolute blessing. We've got a young man right now that's a senior this year, and he is a phenomenal kid, um, and I think the world of him. And uh, but you know, they're they're just great extensions of you know they're great extensions of our coaching staff. And I mean, he's on the ball all the time. Coach, when are we doing this? What time we got that? When do you want me to be here? Um, so it's just been another extension of our football family that has been a, a pivotal part of what we do and helped us have some of the success that we've had and being able to rely on those kids and. And you see those kids, you know, I saw one at the Halloween parade, you know, and he came up, talked to me, told me about what he's doing in life now and things like that. And if it would have been for football, I, I, you know, after teaching him in health, I never would have taught him again. You right. know, I would have lost that relationship. So it's just been another venue and opportunity for us to, you know, extend a chance to a kid to be a part of something that we think is pretty special. And I was so thankful that you shared that because I love that you, well, first of all, I mean, you included the, the second gentleman without even knowing that there was anything because it wasn't obvious, but that you, you are inclusive to as many people as you can. Absolutely. Um, and, Absolutely. and you just do it because that's a part of who you are. That's, that's just your personality. It isn't that you're trying to do something good. It's just, you know, that these, these kids, teenagers have potential and you're helping them to 
by pulling that out of them and helping them to see that. So that that's just awesome. I was so touched by the fact that, you know, oftentimes when I talk about inclusive, I'm talking about kids with special needs and adults with special needs, but there are those kids that they're not the jocks, they're not the nerds, they're not the, you know, they're just going through high school. Yeah. Um, it's something that I've, I've learned recently this term and I, and I think it's tremendous and I believe in it full, you know, wholeheartedly is that the best ability for any person to have is availability. And, yes. And that's, and that's, and, and I've, I've sent letters recruiting our own kids in our school that don't play football and things like that. And I'm just, I just tell them that there is a home for you in central football. If you're willing to look for it, there's a role here, no matter what it may be, whether it's the best player, whether it's game game night, we need somebody to film, I'm like, there's so many things that you can be a part of that we need help with if you're just willing to be available. And, uh, you know, it, it's just it's awesome to see rewards come to people when they just make themselves available, because that's really what life is all about. Get out there and make yourself available for people you right. know, and, and people will give you opportunities and chances. So. Yeah. So I shared with you um, one of another track player that you have um, who is also a Special Olympics ambassador. And um, so tell us a little bit about him and some of your experiences with him. Just a, a very hardworking, greedy kid. Um, I mean, he, he, again, is another kid that ran the distance races for us. Um, and we never had to question ever if he would be there. You could have told him to run 15 miles and he had a smile on his face and he'd have done it. I mean, he'd have done it no matter what you said to do. Um, and I mean, he, he fit in with the team. He made people laugh. He was a great part of it, and he was able to turn it into a scholarship at the junior college level. Mm -hmm. uh, so, again, for us, I mean, that's what it's really all about is if regardless of what limitations you feel like you have or anything like that, if you show up and work, we're going to, you know, we're going to we're going to find a place for you because that's they're there. They you know those abilities, those those opportunities are there if you're willing to go out and get them. And, and we're not going to turn people away from that. And that's that's so fabulous, because this particular young man. Um, he will be joining the hashtag no limits um, December, what is it? 15th, I think sometime in December. And um, I, I hope that you will have an opportunity to watch and learn more about his background because from, from what I have found out um, he wasn't encouraged to run. He, in fact, he was discouraged from running when he was younger and um, being involved in things. And so his family, um, I believe he also has a specific learning disability and um, his family found some outside opportunities. They found the Special Olympics and within the Special Olympics, they helped him get a little bolder. Um, he was a very quiet person, never spoke much in childhood until he got into the right. Special Olympics. That's and a problem. That's a <laughs> <laughs> I figured it would. <laughs> he was never short of words when we were around. That's for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, he found his voice through Special Olympics and then, um, yeah, his confidence and everything. So um, join me. Um, his name is Alex and he'll be on, like I said, I think it's December 15th. Um, but uh, yeah, so join me for that. So coach, there's been um, some sad things that have happened uh, because of the football teams and, and the uh, things that you have gotten to, I don't want to call it a privilege, but in a way it's a privilege. Um, tell the audience what I'm talking about. So since, uh, since 2017, um, between football and track, we've lost four athletes um, that have passed away tragically way too soon. And, um, you know, from those situations, I've had uh, 
privilege, I would say yes. And most people would say that's weird, but I guess honor would probably be more of a more of a correct term. I've had the honor of uh, of, of of those four athletes given three eulogies, um, and it's something that um, you know just goes back to that family environment that we were talking about. And you know, I, I've 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 given these, and uh, it is an honor and it's a privilege, and it is something that I I take uh, a lot of pride in, and it's it's something that. Uh, you know, to get to sit down and think of an individual in those ways and really just focus on them and how much they meant to you. Um, it, it's a pretty special moment. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's been a it, it's been a scenario where if we wouldn't have developed those relationships, I never could have got up there and gave, you know, those eulogies the way that I did. And if I wouldn't have been close with their family the way that I was, I would have never had the opportunity. And um, it's just something that's uh, that, you know, people ask me like, why would you ever want to do that? You know, how hard is that? And, and for me, you know, I always tell my seniors the last game that, you know, I, I said this earlier, but I tell them specifically, I said, if there's ever anything you need in life, I'm always here. I'm always as far as a phone call away. And, 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 and I mean that. And um, so for me to be able to honor that last promise that whatever them or their family needed, that, that's something that's meant a lot to me. And um but if somebody's going to get up there and talk about my guys in that way, about who they were as a person in their life and uh, what they were able to accomplish, it's going to be me. Um, and, and, I, and I take a lot of pride in that. And it's uh, it's been something that it is tough in the moment. Um, but when you can honor a family that way and honor a young man or a young woman that way, um, it's, it's very special. Um, it's very therapeutic for me in those situations because they have been extremely tough. Uh, there's been, I mean, it's just been, it's been tough. It's been really, really tough, but to get up there and, and, and find a way to bring that person's personality out and make people laugh in situations like that, to make them cry, to make them think, um, you know, those are the things that are really special. And, you know, talking about earlier, just the rewards you get from stuff like that, you know, there's been a couple of times where I've delivered those and uh, some people have heard me and it's led to an opportunity where I've got to be a guest speaker and give sermons uh you know four times i think i've got to speak at churches um and it all comes directly from that and uh but uh as tough as those moments are those are moments that i'll never ever you know take for granted you know i'll cherish them forever and uh you know from those moments it probably also led me to getting to marry one of my former players getting to officiate sorry that's probably a weird thing to say <laughs> well i understand that because my husband's a pastor but yeah that's probably a good thing to explain <laughs> Officiate a wedding of a former player, and it all came from them hearing me speak at these things. And uh, you know, the, again, to be able to come through for a former player when when I told him if they ever need anything of me, that that I'd be there. And uh, this young man and his fiance, they they went through hell and back with COVID and the issues they were having, and weddings getting canceled and things like that. And uh, he just called me and said, "Coach, I need somebody to marry me." And he said, "You're the first person I thought of." And I was like, you know, how, you know, how much of a better compliment could you ever have than than being asked to speak on someone about their life or to to be a part of the biggest moment in their life? And, um, you know, that that wedding was uh, oh, it was unbelievable it, to be a part of that. And it was so much fun and uh, getting to be there in those moments and talk about what type of a young man and young woman they both were from knowing them from my relationships and things like that. Uh, Again, those are moments that somehow I'm lucky enough to get to do that. And, and, and uh, you know, being able to get those guys to work as hard for me as they did 
and and buy into what we were we were selling i guess you'd say and then you know for them to trust me enough to, to believe me when i said if you ever need anything i'm here for you to to take me up on that because a lot of people have support but they're scared to use it they're scared to ask for it so i'm really proud of the fact that my guys know that when i tell them that and our relationship's strong enough that regardless of what it is how good or how bad that uh if they need me i'm always going to be there for them yeah and I know why you have these opportunities because you love and accept your players and your students exactly as they are and where they are when they meet you. And I have found through my teaching career and just in life in general, that if you do that, you can ride them a little bit harder because they know you're in it for their benefit. You know, they're not in it. I mean, they know you're not in it just to be mean to them, you know, right. like what you're asking them to do is you're pushing them to be a better version of themselves to improve whatever skill it is that they're trying to work on to improve at that time or to learn that concept or whatever it is. Um, but when they feel loved and that's what you're giving them, they will, they will do all kinds of things um, for you. And, and, and the fact that this man that you married, he's been out of high school, what, six or seven years now is that yeah, about graduated, right? graduated in 2012 okay so eight years yeah yeah so um you know that brian you're just you're just amazing and i'm so thankful that um our paths have crossed in, in the way that they have and that i've had this opportunity to get to know you and i i applaud you and i appreciate you um opening your heart to everybody not just athletes, not just kids with disabilities, not just kids who are on the fringe, but everybody. I, I mean, I, I have spoken to other people. Um, and, and yeah, you know, he, he's a good guy, you know, just, and, and from my understanding, you're the, you're the good, good guy. You know, I mean, you really do care about your students, whether they're just in your health class, um, whether they're in your PE class, whether they're on your football team or your track team, um, or your neighbor down the street, you you truly have a heart for young men and women and for helping them achieve. And I'm I'm very thankful to you, um, and I'm very thankful that you agreed to do this with me today. Um, is there anything, any advice, any suggestions? Um, oh, I got to put this up for you. Um, can you read that? I did. I did. <laughs> That would yeah. be a former student. Um, and we had this one, which I didn't even see. Um, so I don't know if you know who that person is, but I'm guessing you do. I so um, glad glad that you, Violet and Michael, have joined us today. Um, so yeah, Brian, so is there anything else, any advice, anything that you would like to give? Or, um, I mean, I feel like we've done a good job going over things, but I don't I don't want to cut you off. We, I, I still have like 15 minutes that I could use if you want it. So. Uh, no, I just, I just want to say again, just how blessed I am um, just to truly be a part of, uh, you know, like I said, going back from the family that I was in, um, marrying the woman that I've married now and the family that I have and uh, being a part of Central High School um, because just you, you got to be in a place to harvest this stuff out of people. And it really does here. You know, our administrators do a great job and, and I'm, I'm so blessed to work for both of them. Um, you know, I, I love my coworkers. I, I think the world of them and, and the type of people that they are. 
And then I, I love my students. And, and you said it earlier, you know, you were talking about coaching, you know, coaching, make sure they love you. And we talk about that. It's just, we call it coaching the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta win kids over. And I, that sounds kind of, uh, I don't know if it sounds kind of fake or not. I'm not, I want them to know that I care about them and, and, and I'm upfront about that. And I, and I tell them straight up, you know, I believe if you've got, if you've got uh, expectations for people, you need to express them. And I tell them that I tell them all, I said, I love you. I'm here for you every day. But I said, you've got to understand too, that that love is going to come at a price. And what I mean by that is if you, if I love you enough to get after you, if you're not being the person you should be. Mm-hmm. And if I think that I can get more out of you and you should be a better person, then I'm going to, I'm going to push those limits. And, um, and that again goes back to being a member of a family. Like I said, you don't you don't have to like everybody in your family, but you got to love them. Yeah. And and there's times, like I said, where there's guys I bet they didn't like me very much. <laughs> um, but but I think the world needs more of that. The world needs more people to hold each other accountable. But it also needs people to lift each other up and pick each other up. Um, you know, we're not none of us are as smart as all of us. So that's one thing I love about Central is we're able to collaborate and and talk. And, and get along with people. And especially times like this, I mean, that's, that's been the toughest part of this whole pandemic is, uh, you know, you don't get to socialize with people as much anymore. And especially our coworkers. I mean, we're, our classes have been shortened down and things like that. So we're, we're going from bell to bell as quick as we can. And, you know, you're worried about being in crowds with people and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I'm a, and you said this earlier, you talking about the butterfly, the journeys you go through, it, it's not the destination that's important. It's not the final destination. It's the journey in life. And uh, I, I believe that it's, it's, you know, and, and it goes back to what I talked about with my house. My, my house burnt down for a reason. And I truly believe that it, it put me on the path in life where I needed to go. And if it wouldn't have burnt down, then, then we wouldn't have moved and things like that wouldn't have happened. So um, I'm all about that. I try to, I try to see the, the best scenario and things possible and understand that. Uh, and I think you said this earlier too, you know, we're all right exactly where we're supposed to be. You know, we're on the trajectory we're supposed to be on and, and the events that happen in our lives are 100 percent because of they're supposed to. And if, if you're a person of faith at all, you know that and you trust that. And it's not always easy to trust. and It's always not always easy to know. But um, right. I know as being a teacher, I, I get to I get to come into to the lives of, you know, probably 200 kids a semester at least. And uh, it's a phenomenal thing. And as hard work as it can be sometimes, it's so rewarding that when you see the big picture, just to see Violet, you know, I always said, Violet, he knows everything. You know, I, <laughs> you know, I always have, I, I try to, I try to make a little thing, you know, that sticks and makes me remember them. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's tremendous to be able to have people like that. And uh, I appreciate everything you said about me. Those are some of the best compliments I've ever had in my life. And uh, I just hope to God I can keep doing the work to keep earning them. Well, I, I don't doubt that you will. Um, I so appreciate you again for being on here. And um, for anybody who is watching, you can check out my website. And if you go over to my website, you will get um, the opportunity. I'm looking for the right link here. Um, if you go over to ShellyKino.com, if you need a free virtual or in-person IEP checklist, you can get that there. Uh, you can get a free social story for children in the primary grades that are dealing with this pandemic and having to wear the masks and all that sort of stuff. Um, but again, I'm just, Brian, thank you. I can't thank you enough. This has probably been one of my favorite, um, sorry to everybody else who's joined me, but <laughs> Um, it's because I know a lot of the people that, that we were talking about today and I know, and they all have special places in my heart as well. So, um, it's been great. And I thank you. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving and, uh, Brian and I are here making the world better for all one person, one IEP at a time. Thanks everybody. Thank you.